another episode of This Is What Blind Looks Like. This is just me today. My co-host Kimberly is not able to be on this episode today. And the reason being is she is right now attending Washington Seminar and is helping advocate for blind people's rights. And she's meeting with our state legislators. And we'll definitely cover that at a in a future episode because it is very interesting stuff and a lot of interesting topics that are being discussed and covered. So that's why you're just hearing me today. But I'm not alone. I have my lovely friends here at Good Maps and we are going to talk about their app, Good Maps. It is an app, a, a navigation app for the blind. And we're going to learn all about it today. Great. And uh, go Kimberly. Yes. Thank you, Mike. So I've got my friends here, Mike and Jose. And let's get ready to learn about Good Maps. Awesome. Thank you, Andrew. You're welcome. Okay, guys. So can you guys tell me a little bit of uh, background about the company and why you guys started Good Maps? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks. Um, so Good Maps was born out of the American Printing House for the Blind. I, I assume that a lot of your listeners are familiar with Nearby Explorer, which yep. was APH's uh, first foray into accessible navigation. Uh, APH decided to, to spin that effort out from within the walls of APH and really kind of put it squarely uh, in, the, in the private sector, but still maintaining control over the entity. And that's how our organization was created. Uh, and like so many other folks in accessible navigation, we, we really kind of uh, identified this issue of indoor maps as one of the biggest bottlenecks to accessible navigation. Uh, and we were shocked at how few indoor venues had maps associated with them. It's something like 400,000 buildings in the world have digital maps. There are 6.9 million commercial buildings in this country alone. Uh, which really makes you understand that we're, we're at step zero of mapping indoor spaces. And so our focus really became on uh, indoor mapping as a way of addressing that data gap uh, within accessible navigation. And that's how Good Maps as a, as a company was formed and how the Good Maps platform, uh, the Good Maps uh, mapping platform was born. Oh, wow. Okay. So the reason why Good Maps was formed was for indoor mapping. That's That's really interesting. And I... I can definitely see how indoor mapping would help. Like, let's say if you're, if you're somewhere, uh, like let's say a mall or an airport. Like, you want to know what's around you, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, think about how little technology has progressed in the in the indoor mapping world. I mean, odds are you walk into a mall and you've got three kiosks throughout the entire mall that have. Uh, a printed version of a of a map, and they're and they're difficult to figure out how to how to navigate. And once you step away from that little kiosk, by the way, you 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 have no idea, right, where where you are on your journey unless you happen to remember and have a good sense of direction. And for airports, it's pretty similar, right? You're you're generally dealing with some kind of a PDF, which is not right. accessible and not dynamic and not easy to use. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you know, I, I think one of the things that's really interesting for us is this technology has use cases far beyond accessibility. 
we think people who are blind and visually impaired are super users that I, as a, as a sighted person, really would have loved this when I was in the hospital uh, about a year ago welcoming my son into the world. I was there for five days and got lost every single one of those days. There, there's a lot of use cases for these maps. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I just feel like any technology that's accessible, like, I always, now... I don't always think about how it's accessible just to me. I think about, well, how can other people use it? Because if you think about like universal accessibility, that's a thing. Like I, I, uh, I had, I was on a, I had another podcast episode that I recorded and I explained how, for example, truncated domes on the, on the curbs, like when you're going to cross the street, like those truncated domes, they were originally created for blind people, for us to be able to tactilely feel. And I think of those truncated domes, and I also think, well, that could also work for somebody who is in a wheelchair. That could work for somebody who, um, a mom who has a stroller, you know, that. Yeah. It's just that important. Or like how we have like Alexa, Google, and Siri now. They're, you know, hands-free virtual assistants. Like, that could work for, again, not only just blind people, but it could work for, let's say, if, if you're driving your car, for you not yeah. to handle your phone when you're driving your car. This is Mike, and uh, just accenting, accentuating this point that dual-purpose, multi-purpose use makes it not only uh, expand to a larger audience, but most importantly, in doing that, it's economically more feasible. We know about specialized devices, you know, braille displays and things that because it's a small market, they're expensive. Yeah. So the more we can have an app that is helpful for asset tracking, for sighted people, for multiple disabilities, for first responders, all of a sudden it becomes affordable. And that's really fundamental to good maps. Yes. Yes. And that's awesome. Yeah, and Angie, here's a here's a fun little tidbit. Um, you know, the, what you're describing is the curb cut effect, yes, right? You, yep. you do something the for a small phenomenon. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And we we are such big believers, and you don't have to look that far to see a lot of examples. The the world's first audiobook was recorded at the American oh, wow. Printing House for veterans from World War II uh, coming wow. home blinded. Right. And now it's a multi billion dollar industry. Right. I, I think once you start putting some real concrete examples to the kind of benefits that can come from focusing on super users i, th I think people's eyes get wide and right they get really right excited. and you know i just learned something new today i had no idea about the first audiobook yeah, yeah. cool little story it was a collaboration with the uh, rnib out right of the UK. wow yeah. that's really really cool that's awesome see and 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 look at and look at today we have audible and a lot of people who don't even have a disability a print reading disability enjoy reading audiobooks like people in their cars like they'll listen to an audiobook while they're driving yeah and there's um there's already indoor maps that are being used not as much for co consumers but more for commercial purposes in the high end in the big stores big box stores you know inventory can inventory control um is one of the things that is really important for these companies to get more efficient since they're high volume low cost uh, they have indoor maps. Wouldn't it be cool if as a blind person or as any consumer, if I could pick the product that I want, 
I'm not one who really likes to do a lot of shopping. My threshold's about 15 mm -hmm. minutes. So I want to get into the store, find my way there with my accessible explorer outside, get to the door, go to the product, check out and leave. And that's all perfectly possible to now. It's possible now, but it's not something that's really come to the consumer level at the point that we want to see it in the near future. Right. Okay, so yeah, I, I can definitely see see the purpose for Good Maps. And I've I've kind of, you know, I've gone onto the application and, you know, kind of played around with it here at home. But I honestly, like, once it becomes a bit safer, I would love to go try it out somewhere in my area. Like, that, that would be great. Well, it's available. It's free for for uh, users yep. right now. Good Maps, Space Explore, um, try it out and see what you think. Give us feedback because that's how the app's being formed is from a customer feedback, and it it works outdoors right now in the U.S. and Canada, and then we'll be expanding to other English-speaking countries and and hopefully beyond that as we uh, evolve the app. That's awesome. That's great. Um, I do want to ask, like, what, how did you guys, how did the idea start, start forming to, to develop an app such as Good Maps? Jose? Yeah, so I think there's two parts of that question. Um, you know, I think the simpler one is the is the is the application portion of it. We were we were really inheriting a lot of the work that APH had already done with Nearby Explorer. Um, and we spent a lot of time in the early going of the company talking to users and doing focus groups and uh, doing a lot of testing. And one of the uh, pieces of feedback that just kind of came through loud and clear was that Nearby Explorer was a really great application for super users and for people who were really, really, really knowledgeable in how their phone works and wanted to customize everything about that experience. Uh, but it was a little intimidating to, to folks who maybe weren't willing to dedicate that much time or weren't that comfortable with the, with the use of their mm -hmm. phone. So we tried to take a lot of what Nearby was doing and doing well uh, and streamline it and simplify it and, and really try to make Good Maps Explore ready to go out of the box. Uh, and minimize the the amount of work that you had to do when you first opened it up. And I think based on the feedback, we've done a really great job of that. The the other part was uh, the the mapping component. As I mentioned earlier, you know, creating Good Maps Studio, our mapping platform, was really a matter of necessity. You know, and, and, and it wasn't just an experience that APH had. It was an experience that just about every other accessible navigation provider that, that we're in touch with was experiencing. Um, the, the lack of maps, and then when you get the okay to go in and create a map, it's just an extremely labor-intensive uh, and, and inefficient and not scalable process. Um, and, and so that was where uh, Good Map Studio was born. It was really born out of necessity and, frankly, a lot of luck. Uh, the way that we create maps is with a technology called LIDAR, which stands for Light Detection and Ranging. Um, and the technology has been around for about six decades, but it's really only recently that it's gotten small enough and portable enough and cheap enough uh, to really have uses that are scalable. And so we were asking this question, how can we make an impact on indoor mapping at the same time that the technology was uh, aligning itself to, to be the appropriate answer for that question? 
you know, a lot of entrepreneurs will tell you that their success is is luck based, and I think we're we're no exception. Uh, right, right question at the right time. Wow, that is awesome, and it's and it's really cool that you guys decided. Okay, let's take ideas of an app that we already have, but make it simpler, and make it. I don't know, like, I don't want to say user-friendly, but, you know, something that people can just feel comfortable navigating. No, you're actually yeah, right. I user, think, I think user. the sweet spot is something that works well out of the box, but gives you the customization uh, if you want to tweak yep. things that, that's straightforward and easy to yeah. understand. Yeah, yeah, because you're right, you know, not a lot of people are comfortable using their phone yet. You know, some people are probably still trying to get used to, you know, navigating an app and 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 customizing and, and, and doing so much with it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, one advantage is, you know, having been working on apps for many, many years, one of the downsides uh, as you come out with version 1 and then version 10 and 15 is you keep adding features and configuration options and while that's a good thing, it does create a lot of complexity. So you really have the benefit when you're starting out uh, this late in the evolution of technology where uh, Explore could be something that is simple because we're picking the best of what's been done in different mm -hmm. apps. And we're, we're really trying to not have so many features that it's confusing. That means that sometimes you miss a few things that people's favorite features, but by and large, we're trying to be uh, simple for the greatest number of people the most uh, amount of time. Okay. That definitely makes a lot of sense. And I think you guys are definitely creating something that is going to be so useful, like not just for the blind community, but anybody really. Mm -hmm. You know, and the nice thing is you can run Explore and you can have Apple or Google Maps or Waze, just something else going in the background doing routes. You can have multiple apps. You could have two accessible navigation apps going at the same oh, time. Wow. So there's, you know, we don't have to cover every feature because if you have your favorite feature in some other app, we'll run it when you need that app and uh, run ours um, the rest of the time or run them together. The, the real key here is we need people to get out and bang on the doors of their local venue and say, hey, I really want to have indoor navigation at my mall in my town. And if you do that, in somewhat the way that people want to have uh, audible pedestrian signal lights, you know, they're not everywhere right. in the country, but they tend to be in places where blind people have demanded yep. them. And we want to see people demanding indoor navigation in their favorite places. Yeah, definitely. I think... I think it's important and I think it's great because like you said, like I, I like to shop. I haven't really been out shopping because of the pandemic, but you know, I, I do like to go to a mall and shop. Um, and sometimes if it's somewhere that I've never been, like, I don't want to spend time like getting lost or like trying to ask people, oh, where is, you know, this store? Or, or or how do I find my way to go to this particular store? I would want to be able to just, you know, pull out good maps and just be like, okay, 
a good maps is telling me what stores are around me right now, what stores I'm passing, and that sort of thing. Because, yeah, sometimes people are going to help you, but you're not going to always have that all the time. And, like, what if you're at a time where, like, there are, there isn't anybody around to help you? Like, what if you're at an airport and you're not around people? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, let's do it. Go go beat on your um, local mall and, and, and uh, get a yes, nap. Yes, definitely. Definitely. That's something that I would like to definitely do, and I'll definitely find a, 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 way, a way to do that. And I, now this brings me to a question, like, how, how does somebody make indoor mapping a possibility? Like, what do they have to do? Do they have to install, like, a beacon or something? Or how does, how does that work? Yeah, thanks for asking. That's a great question. Um, You know, one of the things that we think is really important is reducing the barrier to installation and to supporting this kind of initiative for the venue owners. Uh, And so we have an infrastructure-free approach, and we identify where people are through the use of a technology called camera-based positioning, Mm -hmm. uh, and we're able to get really accurate positioning without the need for any beacons or any other kind of infrastructure to, to be installed. And so we come through with a with a backpack uh, that looks a lot like the Ghostbusters oh, nice. backpack. That's our LiDAR backpack. Uh, it's got some camera turrets mounted on top taking oh, pictures. Wow. And then those are the pictures that we that we use after the fact to help identify where an individual is based on what their phone is, is looking at. Uh, the whole process is relatively quick, uh, at least in terms of the time that our team is in the building. Probably only, uh, you know, anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour and a half, depending on the size of the building. Uh, and from that point, it's completely virtual uh, and all the information is managed on our on our mapping platform. So pretty, pretty pain free for the uh, for the vendor. Oh, itself. wow. That's that's really, really cool. And it's awesome how technology has come so far and how much we could do now. That's amazing. Absolutely. Angie, this is my time to, to bow out. Uh, and so I thank you so much for your time and for having us on and can't wait to listen yes, to the interview. Yes, thank you so much uh, for for taking a part of this and for wanting to, to come on this episode. I, I definitely plan to to put information about good maps on the on the show notes so people can download the app and check you guys out and i will definitely spread the word so thank you that sounds great thank you Andy. yeah angie i'd, I'd add a, a point about lidar that i think some of your listeners might raise which is well what about the new lidar on the iphone pro and max mm-hmm. and as you might expect with any of these technology, the the little low power uh, lidar that's in the phone is not capable of the precision accuracy that we're talking about for mapping a building. It's likely to be before too long, and obviously we see how processors get faster and memory increases, and all these mm-hmm. things double mm-hmm. every year, <clears throat> improve every year. So that uh, may be at some point that people are able to scan with their own phones. There's some cool things being done with LiDAR, uh, picking up how far away are people, or does the person have on a mask or not. And those are some good features that people are doing with some of the other apps. Wow. Uh, but for actually scanning a building and getting the level of detail that we need uh, for 
the navigation application, you have to have the high-end backpack size LiDAR versus the, the little low-powered one that you have in an iPhone. Oh, wow. Yeah, that, that definitely explains it. And it's just amazing of how much, again, how far technology has come. Like I said, like I have an iPhone 12 Pro and I love it. I haven't been able to see like or really play with like the you know what else it can do like I've I've heard people say that it can detect if you know how far somebody's away from you I haven't been able to do that yet but yeah you just have to go turn it on in settings and uh you you can you can play with it see what you think and it's it's very much in an experimental stage at this point but uh, a number of, you know, seeing AI, SuperSense, and even the built-in function in the iPhone have very quickly started using that functionality. That's awesome. Yeah, and I I have seeing AI. I have, like, several different, you know, navigation apps, soundscapes, good maps, nearby explorer, blind square, uh, Lazarillo. Mm -hmm. um, what else do I have? Don't forget seeing IGPS. Oh, yes, yes, that too. And <laughs> Ira and, oh my gosh, uh, Be My Eyes. There's so many, there's so many apps that can do so much. Like, it's just crazy. And it's so amazing. And you mentioned Ira and Be My Eyes. And that's really important functionality because outdoors in particular, you can assume that a navigation app is going to get you to the building but finding the exact door may not be possible and you may need visual assistance. And so having one of those apps on board is, is really key to what I call the final frustrating 50 feet. And indoors, there might be a final frustrating five feet or 15 feet. Yep. You're looking for an elevator, it's not making any noise. Where is it? I know I'm in the alcove, but I can't find it. Or uh, any number of things. You're in a museum and you're looking for a particular sculpture. And so you might have to, we have a, a Be My Eyes button within the Explore oh, wow. app that, that, that comes up when you're in that final distance to your destination, just offering you the opportunity to quickly launch their app and get a volunteer on the line to help you figure that out. That is awesome. And that's really, really cool that you guys have that because, you know, like you said, you know, an app is not always going to do like everything like you're going to need help from some other apps, you know, or there's some or like you said, there's some features that you like. And that's amazing. Yeah, that you can... I call it the accessible. I call it the accessible toolbox. I like that the accessible toolbox. That's uh, great. Yeah, although sometimes you, you need an accessible wagon. <laughs> you have all this stuff with you that you need. Yeah, definitely. Or even um, this could also this all this reminded me so much of like blindness adjustment training. Um, in blindness adjustment training, you you learn that you've got you've got a toolbox, you got a set of, of tools to be able to to be independent. Like you've got Braille, you've got um, your screen reader you've you've got your your blindness skills you know to be able to cook and everything and and you've also you've got your technology like you've got oh ira be my eyes you know sure. if you can you have a, a 
a braille display, like you've, you've got all these tools, like you just have to use them, you know, your toolbox. And you could also learn other things on how to make your toolbox bigger. Yeah. And the exciting thing is, I mean, all of those tools right now, uh, there's not one size that fits all. There's not one tool that does everything that's important to recognize. Uh, and there's cool things that are coming down the pike. You can uh, in terms of navigation, you might think of things like being able to interface with the audio pedestrian signals, or even if there isn't an audio uh, at a particular intersection, which in the U.S., uh, it's hit and miss where you yep. have those. But you, you certainly could have Bluetooth or Wi-Fi that interfaces with the, the sensors in the road, in the sidewalk, in the crosswalks, and at those pedestrian uh, ped heads, as they call them. A lot of things could be happening. Uh, you think about uh, obstacle detection. A number of people have worked on that over the years. Um, there are devices, for example, that cyclists use to know when traffic is approaching them for as much as two or 300 yards behind them so they can stay over to the side of the road carefully. That same sort of Doppler radar technology could be used by blind people if we had an audio output that uh, we could use at an intersection. Because as we know, when a car is approaching quickly and it's hybrid or it's electric and you can't hear mm -hmm. it at all, and it's moving at 60 miles an hour, that's 88 feet per second. So which means two seconds away, it's, it's a lot to ask your dog to react to that yeah. kind of um, moving object and you can't hear it. So we, we're going to need some alternative tools to help with um, with all of these sorts of things. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's it's like I was talking about the whole toolbox thing. Also, another tool is travel. Like, yeah, you should be able to, you know, travel independently. But sometimes, you know, it's always great to have, you know, technology as as a bonus to help you with something like you just mentioned about the the obstacle thing like the obstacle mm -hmm. detection thing right. and yeah I, I agree you know it could be a lot to ask your dog to you know especially if it's if it's something that you can't hear that's coming so fast right and and the other thing with that's kind of exciting coming down the pike is as we open up indoor mapping and navigation and you think of the different places, museums, malls, airports, where you might be using this technology. We also want what I call rich content. So you don't want to just know that there's that you're in an atrium. You want to know, well, describe it to mm -hmm. me. Uh, when you come into a hotel, there's a reception desk. There's probably a mezzanine. There's a bar. There's a restaurant. You want an overview of what are those things. When you go into a restroom, you you want to know the the layout without having to feel around and find out where things yep. are. And that rich content is something that once you know that there's a point of interest there, these are the toilets. Now you can hear the detail uh, that would be very useful to you. And that's just a matter of, of adding software and structure and, of course, collecting the data uh, to do that. And because we're working with a venue and they that venue owner has software called good map studio mm. to manage their space all of that content can be added created and modified within the context of that particular venue wow yeah that that makes a lot of sense and, and i think it's 
it's good because then you'll have the idea of the layout of what what is around you, what something is, instead of having to ask somebody all the time. Because like I said, mm-hmm. what if there's a time where there's nobody around? What are you going to do? Sure. And if you're in a, in a museum, you might not have somebody to read to you the plaque that's on the particular exhibit you're looking at. No reason that can't be available in audio. Some museums have audio guides. My experience has been that they give you maybe 10% of the exhibits and access to them. I want to make my own choices about what I want to spend time on or not. And so having that rich content for each one of those exhibits would be really wonderful. Right. That's awesome. And that's that's a really, really good point that you make, too. Yeah. Well, lots more to come. So stay tuned. Uh, check out Good Maps Explore and give us feedback. Uh, our, of course, our website is goodmaps.com. And, you know, we're really interested in hearing from people. And, and your listeners should contact us. As I said earlier, go uh, just send us some venues to get mapped because that's how you'll be able to explore it uh, in your own neighborhood. In the meantime, if you go into the more tab of the app, there's a list of, it, it says indoor venues or indoor buildings. You can click on that and go to a building virtually to explore it with our look around mode and location mode. So you can kind of get a feel for what it's like. It, it's not as good as of course doing it in person, but a lot of times it's a good idea to explore things virtually before you go there anyway. So you have a, a mind's eye of what to expect. Yeah, I think that's really cool that you guys have that feature. And, and I will definitely do that at the moment since, you know, we're all stuck at home. But thank you so much for, for being on here and for explaining to us about Good Maps and what it is and the awesome, cool features that it has. And I will definitely encourage people to download the app for sure oh thanks for having us on we really appreciate it angie yes thank you so much all right take care we'll be in touch likewise bye-bye okay bye-bye all right so that was mike may and his colleague jose over at good maps i hope that you guys enjoyed this episode i hope that you guys learned a lot i will definitely be linking the information for good maps in the show notes down below so feel free to check that out now this episode has come to an end so you know where to find us find us on facebook at facebook.com slash this is what blind looks like you can find us on twitter at blind looks like and you can listen to us on itunes tune in and soundcloud goodbye and tune in next time